Welcome to another episode of The Go With John Show. We are here today with Soraya Tamadin. And uh, we are going to talk about interior design and staging. So welcome. Thank you for coming in, Soraya. Well, thank you, John, for having me. This is a great um, day for me to be part of your great podcast. Well, thank you very much. Well, we're so happy you uh, took time to come in. So so tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what you do. Well... Like you said, my name is Soraya. I'm an interior designer. Mm -hmm. um, my business, I started it about five years ago here mm -hmm. in Virginia. But before that, I had for over 20 years, I had my business mm -hmm. in Orlando, Florida. Okay. Yeah. So um, my business uh, now is just um, helps residential design and um I work with realtors mm -hmm. for staging. Gotcha. So what made you decide to move to Northern Virginia from Orlando? Well, my husband uh, was stationed at the Dallas airport okay. as a pilot, and he was commuting for a while, and our boys had left the house. So I said, you know, it's time for a new adventure. So let's yeah. move to Virginia. Yeah. So how do you like uh, living in Virginia compared to uh, Florida? Oh, it's very different. Yes. Um, <laughs> it makes me actually... Um, get reminded of living in my you know place of birth my home country i was mm -hmm. born in iran mm -hmm. and we have uh where i lived in tehran we had four seasons mm -hmm. um and then after that i lived in sweden for about nine years which was much more extreme weather yes um than here so i am used to cold weather or change of seasons mm -hmm. but Florida really spoiled us. Yes. So when I moved here, I keep saying, Virginia, please be kind to me the first year. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been kind. I don't think it's been too rough of a... You know, so you've been here five years, though. So uh, Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's been a pretty mild five years in Virginia. We've had some... Uh, bad weather in years past. Right. So, but Sweden, so how long did you lived in Sweden for nine years? Yes. So, so I'm originally from Denmark. Oh. And so that's just across. Uh, yes, I've been to Denmark several times. Yep, yep. And it's very, very long, dark, cold winters. You know, I, I don't know where yes. in Sweden you were, but I remember the sun in the middle of the winter, the shortest day of the year, the sun would come up at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And by 3.30 in the afternoon, it was pitch black already. That's right. That's where I lived in south of Sweden, and then I lived in uh, Gothenburg, and then in Stockholm. So, wow. but I I visited my friend in north of Sweden, which is six month dark and six month light, yeah. and it was an amazing experience. Mm. Um, I don't want to experience that amazing no, experience. No. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So, so how did you get into interior design? What drew you into that? So you've been around the world. You've seen a lot of things and you've seen a lot of architecture. And But what drew you into interior design? Well, when we moved to U.S. the second time in 1997, uh, we started our own business. And um, it kind of grew from a little push guard to become a store and then to six stores. We had stores in all the malls. And um, at one point, you know, when we added furniture to our assortment, people would come in and ask me about scale and placement and all of these, you know, specific things. And I told my husband, I don't want to give them my opinion. I need to go to school for interior design. Right. So I went to interior design school and loved every second of it. Where did you go? I went to Seminole State College in uh, Orlando. Okay. And uh, so we had two little boys. 
full-time business and then I started full-time school so wow. um, but I loved it so much that it was like a release from work for me right right yeah, so right yeah. so so uh, now you're in Virginia so what's what's uh, what's the name of your company design and staging group okay and you're based out of Leesburg Leesburg Virginia. okay Correct. so so tell me what kind of what what comes to mind uh, when you meet a new client uh, what do you what do you tell a new client when somebody comes to you and they want to have an interior decorating experience well um, I ask a lot of questions because I want to make sure I give them what they um, want but also what they don't know they need right so I ask a lot of questions and then I you know I ask them about how they live in their space uh, what experiences they had in their old uh, home mm -hmm. or you know if they are just doing doing any remodeling mm -hmm. uh, what is it that they it bothered them you know from the old house right. and uh, that way I can address um, you know the design Mm -hmm. uh, so I always tell them that this is going to be a joyful experience. Uh, I want you to be excited and not nervous. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, because if you are nervous, it means I didn't do my job of explaining things. Right. Uh, so I want them to be um, excited. So it's basically addressing needs and finding mm -hmm. solutions. Mm -hmm. Do you find it difficult sometimes to get alignment with what, the uh, with what your customer wants, you know, so for example, when I meet with customers, they tell me what they want in a floor plan, right? And a floor plan is really very black and white, right? We want the living room here, we want the dining room there. And then we bring our expertise to, to the to the plan and we help them avoid making design errors. But how do you it's very I would imagine it's very difficult when you're talking about interior designs Do most of your folks, do they have some sort of a concept they want to try to achieve or are they asking you, hey, just show me what do you think I should do? Well, a lot of people don't have an eye for interior design enough to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. But when they see a well-placed and well-made, well-designed room, they like it. Mm -hmm. And. I think my clients are very smart in knowing the difference and knowing that they need help to get there. Right. Um, so um, that's, um, you know, that's the key uh, element in helping them to get what they want. But sometimes I come in after the fact, the house is already built. Right. I have to compromise and work with what is. Um, if they bring me in, in the, prim you know, um, before everything is decided, right. all the hard finishes, permanent finishes, right. it's much easier because then I know what goes in before the details of interior design come in, I'm right. going to coordinate. Yeah. And that's a great point. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, th I think that many folks um, don't realize how much goes in to a design that's behind the walls. Correct. And uh, you may have a couch that's going to go in a certain place where you need outlets on on either side for a switched light or you have sconces. What are some other examples of things that people need to consider when they're building a new home with regard to design? Well, one thing that we always um, kind of hit as far as design is that they put the placement of the TV outlets mm -hmm. on the wrong wall. Mm -hmm. 
And that's really hard um, because then the focal point of the room changes. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one, one big thing. Another thing is that we don't have floor outlets, for example, especially in these new homes with um, less walls and open floor plans. Right, right. You still need the lighting and accent lights, so you need to have some floor outlets so that way you don't have cords, you know, as a danger Running across the, the hall, the walking area. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, those are those are great points, and I will I will say there are a lot of buyers that don't put floor outlets in. I agree, it's uh, it's um, much nicer if you can know where your couch is going to be, and then put an outlet under the couch so you can have lights and and things around the couch. Right. Another yeah. thing that I see in a lot of homes, um, there are not rough. There is no roughing for ceiling fans or mm -hmm. ceiling light, mm -hmm. and. Um, you know, I have started aging and I know your eyesight changes, mm -hmm. you need more light. I always like to give a lot of options. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in a room, usually you need several types of lighting depending on time of the day, mm -hmm. if you're entertaining, mm -hmm. if you're reading. So um, light is another thing that is a lot of times forgotten or not paid attention mm -hmm. to as much. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, that, that's a good point. I think it's important to have a ceiling fan pre-wire probably in every room or in every bedroom at least, right? That's right. Yeah. Do you, do you like to work with a lot of recessed lighting or how do you feel about recessed lighting in uh, design? Well, I do like it because it gives you an even uh, amount of light. Mm -hmm. And I also like the fact that these days they are smaller, you know, um, we are kind of staying away with the big can lights. Right. Uh, and now they are LED. Yep. Some of them are round, some are square. So right. it makes the room much cleaner. Mm -hmm. And you kind of can add more of those instead of the big lights. Mm -hmm. So, and if you put it on a dimmable switch, then even better. Yes. No, I agree. Dim lights in the evening is very nice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So when you're when you're building a new home let's just kind of focus on that for a second and then we'll we'll get away from that are there any other tips or any other advice you would have for folks to consider besides the outlets and um, lighting yes I, I like to like I'm working with a couple of clients right now they are in pre-construction mm -hmm. um, so I kind of put the floor plan and we talked about it so i come in i want to know how where everything is um, sometimes you know in two different homes that are built in mclean i noticed that when i went in uh, in the drywall stage on the formal family room or i'm sorry formal dining room uh, there was no focal point and the bathroom was the hallway to the bathroom was through the main wall in the dining room. Mm -hmm. And these are multi-million dollar homes. And right. uh, so I asked them and I told them why I think you should close that wall and do the hallway from the you know side. Mm -hmm. So that way you have a clean you know, wall to put your right. art. And also it's not really pleasant to to see the bathroom door right. from your dining room. Right. There's nothing like having a dinner party and then, <laughs> you know, coming out from the powder room right back to the table. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's yeah, uh, we agree with you. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of times I like to kind of imagine walking the house mm -hmm. 
and um, you know explain to people why do you want this what if we did this mm -hmm. and that's the best time to make any changes mm -hmm. not afterwards right and we also talk about placing of furniture placing of tvs you know tvs mm -hmm. are very important yeah and um people want a lot of designers don't like tvs and they don't want to consider them but at the end of the day tv has the last <laughs> it does yeah. word you know when it comes to family rooms right especially right, right. so do you have any so what, what is your uh, advice for folks when they're thinking about where to put the tv well it depends to the room and the direction of the room mm -hmm. um, you don't want too many focal points one thing that has improved the look of a family room, for example, with the fireplace is that the new fireplaces are, are kind of sleek and more modern, and that allows the TV to come down a little bit. Right. Um, so that way you don't have a focal point for fireplace and another focal point for the TV. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really different. And also the type of seating people choose in front of TV can help with the adjustment of height of right. the TV. Yeah, that was a real problem 10 years ago, maybe a little more, when you had the fireplace, you had the mantle, and then you had everybody wanting the TV above the mantle, and then you sit down to watch TV and you're you're looking up, and after an hour, you've got a crick in your neck. Exactly. Yeah. Or you kind of lounge down and then your back hurts. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Good. So so how much work do you do with new construction? Do you do a lot of new construction or is the main focus of your business uh, existing homes? It's probably 30, 40 percent new construction and the mm -hmm. rest is existing homes. Mm -hmm. um, when it is a new construction, the realtor is the key person for me because um, they know the customer by that time. Right, right. And um, if the customer expresses a need for interior design, mm -hmm. that's when they uh, kind of introduce me to them. Mm -hmm. But in a new home, there are uh, like the element of light and controlling the light for privacy and mm -hmm. protecting your furniture. And all of that comes before everything else, mm -hmm. especially these days with the number of windows in every room. Yep. Um, yeah. People don't realize that um, it won't be easy to live without window treatments. Right. So that's one thing. The first thing that we address when we go to new construction. Mm -hmm. Window treatments. Something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can spend a lot of money on window treatments. Yes. People yeah. are excited about the number of windows. And when I add up all the, you know, screens and right. blinds that needs to go in, yep. uh, they are shocked how expensive it can yeah. get. Yeah, I've been there. I've, I've been shocked. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So when you go into... Um, a, a new home design do you try to put a budget together for everything that you're going to do or do you kind of piecemeal it out is there like a pre-construction stage are you working on window treatments when you're first meeting them to work on the uh, are you starting with the end in mind i guess is my question of course i start with the end in mind but then i ask the clients what their budget is mm -hmm. a lot of times people are afraid of giving you a budget right i deal with that every day yes I, tell, I ask that question first, what, mm -hmm. what your budget is. And then the second thing I say is that 
it's not that I want to use all your budget. I just want to know what direction I should go. Right. Because there are, you know, I can get furniture for you for, you know, a sofa can be $800 and a sofa can be $15,000. Right. So your budget tells me the direction I have to take yep. to finish this It's design. a good starting point. It's a very good starting yep. point, but also for me, it's very, very important because my goal is to stretch their dollar as much as possible. Right. Uh, interior design, uh, a lot of people think that it's only about furniture, mm-hmm. but furniture is one part, but, you know, I can say half of it is the layers you create in the window treatments, drapery, right. accessories, art, drugs. Yes, all of that. And um, so I just want them to know that we have to work with their budget to create Mm -hmm. this, the layers for Mm -hmm. finished look. Um, Yeah, so. Yeah, it's always, the budget conversation, I think, is always difficult in every industry. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when you're working with an existing um, home, what what do you, uh, what's, what's the first thing? Is it still the same process? You want to meet with the client? and find out what their goals are? Do you have a different approach when when the home's already completed? Uh, It's the same approach. Um, They might do it in phases, in either case, a new construction or existing home. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, but I always tell them in a new home, not in a new home, I'm sorry, in an existing home. Right. Be aware of the avalanche effect. Because when we do, say, one room, and update the room with new furniture, new paint, then Mm -hmm. suddenly everything else looks more dated than you remembered. Yes. So there is this possibility that you're going to love this room but hate the rest of the house. Right. So I always um, kind of warned them about the avalanche effect, Mm -hmm. and they understand, and they know that they have to kind of phase out the... um, the, the project right. in a way that they can kind of do it. Yeah, and from a cost perspective, when you get a painter in there, to paint one room is probably not that much more expensive than to paint three rooms, right? So That's if you've right. got your colors and you've got all the furniture out of the way and you've got this, this space prepped, uh, you, you you may as well get the painting. And same thing with trim. You get the trim carpenter in there and the, and the carpenter's installing trim it's the most expensive part is getting them there and getting all the material there and the equipment there. And once they're there, the add-ons are not necessarily nearly as much as that uh, first step. Correct. And that's why I ask a lot of questions to see what is it that they want to achieve, you know, in this house Mm -hmm. uh, in total, Mm -hmm. not just for one room. Right. Because if they tell me, yeah, the next phase is, you know, family room and then living room, then my approach is just like you explained. Yeah. Let's do things that um, kind of can bring the cost down right, right. and have it ready. And, you know, next time we come in, we just don't do the messy part anymore. It's done. Yep. 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 Good. That makes good sense. So is there, you know, regarding the interior design phase, is there anything else you want to add to the conversation that we're having? People have learned to be a lot more patient these days because of COVID and the <laughs> supply chain and yes. all of that. So, uh, we used to get everything in our receiving warehouse and 
installed in one day, one shot, and I was able to give people this HGTV aha, you know, or yes. whatever experience that they come in and the room is transferred. Right. Unfortunately, these days, I cannot do that because mm -hmm. things come in, maybe main furniture comes in. If they don't have anything, mm -hmm. we deliver. And then we have to wait for the art or rugs. Right, so right. it takes a little longer and um, they don't have that HGTV, I call it HGTV experience right, right. of uh, presenting everything at once. Yeah. Um, but, but nevertheless, you know, it gets done and uh, they can live comfortably. Yeah. And I think, you know, one thing to keep in mind, uh, we're in April of 2022 right now. And, you know, if you're listening to this in 2023 or 2024, uh, this supply chain drama may be in the rearview mirror. So it's certainly something we're all living with today. Yes. Uh, no question in the building industry. It's been really a very special uh, year or two exactly. uh, to, to deal with that. But that is challenging. All right. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to have more conversations with Soraya about staging a home. So we are back with Soraya and we are now, so Soraya, you're, you, you just told me a great story during the break. So I want to hear it again. So tell me uh, your story about a uh, job that you had in, or a project. So tell me your story about a project that you had in Orlando. Well, I have been working with this um, lady, a client of mine, now a friend, uh, on her project on her house, mm -hmm. family room, dining room. And then she, she said that I want to do Jack's room as well. Now, Jack has seen me come in and change things in their house. How old is Jack? Jack was eight years old at okay. that time. He's a young man now. Mm -hmm. um, so... I could feel the energy from Jack that he didn't like me every time I went there. Yeah. So in my career, only one person has made me real nervous in interior design, and it's this eight-year-old Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I was nervous to do uh, his room. Right. So one day when he went to school, we did the installation. Right. He comes back. I wanted to see his reaction. He says nothing, and he goes around his room, touches different surfaces, and mm -hmm. looks at things. And um, he was very, you know, quiet. So I went home, and then tomorrow morning, his uh, mom called me, and she said, Soraya, for the first time in his life, Jack made his bed, put everything back how you had it, um, so he enjoys the, the organized room. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was a fantastic achievement because I feel like I changed this uh, boy's life right. when it comes to order and how he has to keep his room. He was so impressed and he was so comfortable in his room mm -hmm. that he wanted to keep it the same way. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the great things. And that's a story I tell my clients, how order and a good design can affect people in the house. Right. It affects your mood. It affects... Um, how you relax in the house right. and ultimately really ultimately it uh, 
affects your relationships in the house. Mm -hmm. When you're proud of your home, you invite people more, so mm -hmm. it changes your social life. So uh, it should not be you know, taken lightly. Right. Oh, I, I completely agree. You know, it even goes beyond that. I think it also affects your mindset throughout the day, even if you're not inviting people to your home. You know, when you go to work and you know you're going to have a nice place to come home to that's clean and organized, it, it, it affects me personally much differently than when things get chaotic in, in my life. And I think everybody has moments in their life where things get out of control with the kids and work and you don't have time to really keep the house up as, as well as you'd like to. And I think it affects morale. That's, it does, exactly. It's like a ripple effect. It affects yeah. first at home, um, physically, and then your relationships, your mood, and kind of goes bigger to your community, your work. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very important. Yeah, yep, it is. So that's a great story and, and a great lesson. So, so let's talk a little bit about staging. So what is the difference between staging and interior design? Well, when you do interior design for that specific family, you have their needs in mind. Right. Maybe another family comes in and doesn't like it at all, mm -hmm. but that's how they want it. That's mm -hmm. their style. That's their preferred color and placement of stuff. Right. But when you stage a house, you want it to be appealing to a bigger, you know, audience and a mm -hmm. variety of people. So you have to keep it neutral. Right. You have to keep it interesting. And also you have to leave some space in the room for them to uh, maybe bring their own furniture. Right. So if I stage for, say, a family room or a living room, I don't want to put too many furniture in there because mm -hmm. what if they have a piano that they want to bring? Right. So I want them to say, oh, I can put a sofa there and a table, mm -hmm. but also I have room to bring my, my piano in. Mm -hmm. So for staging, you have to be mindful of scale and not bring too much furniture. Mm -hmm. Give them ideas, little hints, and kind of encourage them to imagine themselves in the space. Right, right. So do you do you do you normally when you're staging a home, are they furnished homes already or are they normally vacant homes? Both. Both? Uh, yes, both. And then sometimes when I go to that the staging consultation and I see good furniture that I can work with, um, I kind of mark the furniture that I want them to keep in the mm -hmm. house and mm -hmm. then take everything else. So then you put it in storage or? Yeah. So they, they put the furniture that we don't want to use in staging, mm -hmm. either take it to the new house if it's ready or put it in storage. And then I work with uh, the furniture that is in the house. A lot of times I bring more mm -hmm. to kind of update their furniture because that way we save them some money. Right. Right. Um, but some other times um, I cannot use that or people need all their furniture in the new house. Mm -hmm. um, and I bring in all the furniture. So do you um, so do you have furniture in storage? That, I mean, do you have your own furniture that you own or do you normally rent it for different styles of homes? I used to have all the furniture myself when we were in Orlando because our operation was a lot bigger. Yeah. Here, I try to keep the accessories, some smaller furniture, and mm -hmm. then rent uh, the bigger items. Right, right. That's good. And then what do, what do the folks do with their furniture that you're moving out of the house? Do they 
put it in the garage? Do they put it in storage? What, what, what do you typically see folks do? Before the staging, you mean? Yeah. If you're bringing in your furniture to oh. supplement some of the existing furniture. So if you go to a customer and the furniture isn't right for staging, what normally happens with, with their furniture? Uh, right now, actually, before here, I uh, came from a staging uh, project. We're mm -hmm. going to stage it on Monday. They took uh, everything that I couldn't use. Uh, they had movers to come and take it to their new house. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. And so then, they were lucky. They had somewhere to go with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, and then some, some people put it in storage. But when I'm in client's house, I ask them, okay, what is what is your home, you know, the new home looking like? Right. Because some things it's better not to take or, yeah. you know, and that's actually yeah. one of my services that I try to help you to take only what works in the new house mm -hmm. uh, so you don't waste money on moving it, storing mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. it's that's why I ask a lot of questions. Yes. No, it's important. So. Yeah, you got to seek first to understand. Yes, yep. So then exactly. you know what to do. Yep. So what what else goes on with staging? Is there anything else we need to know about staging a home that you want to share with us? Uh, we I always talk to people about depersonalization. Very important. I Very agree. important. Yeah. Um, so what does that mean? In Virginia, we have a melting pot. We have people from different countries with yep. different backgrounds, different beliefs and religion and in in orlando as well <laughs> exactly so i'm used to that part yeah. so um i have to be very very delicate and polite about asking people to depersonalize right but it's for the benefit of them the sales you know, yeah selling yeah. their property faster for more money yep and you never know you know i had a buyer years and years and years ago 15 years ago and i was showing homes and I had a buyer and we walked into a basement and there was sports memorabilia all over the basement for this one particular, I can't even remember what team it was, but the Mr. Buyer, the husband, he said, oh no, there's no way I could ever live in this house if this guy's the fan of this football team. <laughs> and we left and that was it. And, wow. you know, I, I learned it firsthand, uh, a long time ago, you know, that you never know what you can have in your house that can turn off a potential buyer. Exactly. Yeah. And my job is to, in that initial consultation, find them, pinpoint them and explain that we need to take these down or mm -hmm. not display them. So that way, you know, you don't lose a potential buyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So is there anything else you want to add to our conversation today? Um, I feel like I want people to think about interior design as a necessity and mm -hmm. not as a luxury. Mm -hmm. um, and know the difference between somebody that, somebody that is educated in the field mm -hmm. and someone that does it because they are good with colors. Right. Because as a as an interior designer in design school, you learn so much more than just the aesthetics. Mm -hmm. You learn about public safety. You you learn about building codes. Right. You um, learn about fire codes. Mm -hmm. uh, all of this makes a huge difference. Uh, it has been times that I had to tell clients I cannot put a roller shade on a 
you know, on the entry door for you because what if it's fire and you forgot to bring it up before you went to bed and you're panicking and you want to get out, but this thing is in, you know, right, in your face. Right, right, right. So mm, I want people to know the difference between an interior designer and interior decorator mm-hmm. and know that they, um, you know, if an interior designer can actually, um, is trained actually to think through everything, possibilities, mm-hmm. scenarios. Yeah, so you're trained to think through all the things that your average person wouldn't even know to think about. Right. And that's what a true professional does. Yeah. That's right. And we talk we talk about that a lot on our uh, on our podcast in general because we have, you know, professionals in the real estate industry. You could have a civil engineer who is really very well trained and very good at what they do, who's going to uncover all the nuances with with building a home. And you can have another civil engineer who's just going through the motions and kind of doing what they have to do to get the job done. And the the the, the latter will miss something important. So I think that's a really good uh, point that you bring up. So yes, because these days I see that a lot of young designers are very ambitious and they are so good in social media, mm-hmm. so they put their name out, but they have absolutely no experience. Right, or potentially no education. That's right. Yeah. And uh, they actually mm, suggest things that are not going to be sustainable for the homeowner. Yep. Uh, they don't know where to compromise. Yeah. So all of that makes a huge difference. Yep, yep. That's fantastic. So, Ryan, before we close, how do we get a hold of you if somebody wanted to reach you? You can reach me at my website, uh, through my website, which is designandstaginggroup.com. Mm-hmm. My um, email address is really easy, Soraya at designstaginggroup.com. And Wonderful. I have um, my cell phone with me all the time, and that's the main way people reach me. Yeah, so do you have your cell phone number on the website? Yes. Okay, fantastic. Fantastic. So, Soraya, thank you so much for coming in today. We very much enjoyed uh, your conversation. I hope you enjoyed uh, spending a little time with us as well. Yes, thank you so much. This was a great experience. Good deal. So this wraps up another episode of the Go With John Show. Go out there and build something extraordinary.